A listener once told me it's tough being a Boston College fan, and they don't understand why sometimes they spend their weekends rooting for a team that only breaks their heart. This weekend was one of those weekends where BC could not do anything right, and it was really, really hard for a lot of folks out there to follow along with this Boston College team. We'll get into that and a lot more on today's Locked On BC. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Boston College. This is AJ Black here. Well, you know, there's weekends where things feel great. That things are 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 really humming along, and you're feeling like, hey, BC is doing great. And from last Saturday until this Friday, it was one of those weekends. You know, weeks. Excuse me. You had that amazing win over NC State. You had a good win over George Mason in the Paradise Jam. But on Saturday morning turning into Saturday afternoon, all of that went to heck in a handbasket as BC football and then BC Ben's basketball put together a weekend that many of us are going to want to forget. So let's kick it off by talking about the, the football team. You're heading over to play your arch rivals, another Catholic program that you have a long history with. You're, you're coming off a high against a ranked win team against NC State. And what do you do? You go out there and you get absolutely blasted by the Notre Dame Fighting Irish in a game that it was never more clear how different the talent roster, uh, the, 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 the difference in talent is on both of these rosters, okay? Notre Dame went out there and smacked BC in the mouth. They played more physical. They played clean football, and they did it in one half. We'll get into why. But BC was up. Uh, BC was down 37 to nothing at halftime. Why did this happen? Well, let's look at it. First of all, Emmett Moorhead, who I think most of us were really uh, getting excited about, had his coming down, uh, his falling out of the sky game because, and it was it was very clear that this was not his game. He had five turnovers. I think it was two fumbles and three interceptions. His leading receiver in this game was Zay Flowers, who was tied with Benjamin Morrison, a cornerback for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. He just looked completely lost. And a lot of that was the offensive line having an absolutely atrocious game, but also he just looked like confused. He looked like he just could not understand how to get through Notre Dame's defense and made some, he made a couple passes that were pretty decent, but he also made a quite a few passes that were like, Whoa, okay. Emmett chill. This is not what you should be doing right here. So I, after every game, we're going to stick with the offense here for a second. I, on Sunday mornings, it's it's my new uh, instead of reading the newspaper and a cup of coffee, I open up Pro Football Focus 
and I look up the grades and, you know, I sip my coffee and I'm like, huh, let's see, you know, BC is near the bottom of the country in total grades. What, what do they, what, what do they grade out for this game? Now we've seen some really bad games this year, whether it's the Yukon game or, you know, or the Wake Forest game or, or the Rutgers game. You've seen different ways where games have just been terrible. But you look at the pro football focus grade for this game and you gulp because it, it was not even close. The worst game played by BC this year. When you look at the offensive line specifically, who I know Jeff Halfley said had the flu this week, that they were not practicing this week which uh, believe me i get that i'm not i'm not here to, to like rip everything i think there's a piece of that that that's valid but in, in the grand scheme of things you gotta play right the five offensive linemen i, I mean minus ozzy trapillo who let up a sack and a strip fumble he graded out okay the other ones holy moly with their grades abysmal i'm talking like you, you see usually like a, a bad Jack Conley game and it's ranked. He's got like a 46 or a 47 BC, like Jackson Ness was graded a 22. Drew Kendall was like a 26. Um, They were all, all four of them were all down there. And that tells you how bad the offensive line played in this game. And when you when your offensive line plays against Georgia, uh, Georgia Tech, Notre Dame, and they play as poorly as they did in this game, you're going to get trounced, and that's exactly what we saw. I mean, when you in the grand scheme of things, when you're looking at this offense, if you were to ask me, say AJ, sit down, tell me tell me a positive about this game, tell me something that you saw. Almost every game this year, I could have told you something. The Rutgers game. Okay, Zay Flowers had two touchdown catches. Um, the the UConn game. Um, okay, so maybe not the UConn game, but mostly every other game. I think BC, there was like, I could gleam something out of this. Looking at the Notre Dame game, I couldn't tell you a single thing that went right in this game for this offense. I mean, I got a picture up of Taji Johnson making a nice catch, but it was... 44 nothing at that point and uh, he was he was pumping his chest and everything I'm like well, okay dude just chill a little bit here but you know Zay Flowers he did, he was irrelevant um uh, we didn't see much we didn't see much of anybody Joseph Griffin didn't do much obviously the run game has been irrelevant George Takis I think got hurt um the, it, it was there were, it was just it was a dumpster fire if you want to use that term a dumpster fire game this was a dumpster fire game there's no other way to put it. I mean, I look at this game and I say to myself, this offense did nothing. I, I am now more concerned about Emmett Moorhead. Um, and, you know, I, the one thing I wish I knew, and it would help because, you know, I'm a voice and I talk a lot, is I would love to know from Halfley, you know, what position groups got sick this week. He said, the, I mean, we heard from Trevor Haas, that the entire offensive line was sick. That's a big deal. That is a big deal. I know folks don't like excuses, but when your entire offensive line has the flu, it's kind of a big deal. Not not excusing the way that they played, but I'd love to know what other position groups, because it, it helps balance what I'm thinking in my brain, which is this group just looked completely unprepared. This group did look like they didn't belong out there. 
but if I knew like, Hey, okay. So this guy was sick. This guy was sick. This guy was sick. It would help me kind of just like cushion what I think. Like I wouldn't be so reactive to, to, to how this offense played, which was, was terrible. It was just terrible. There was nothing good about this. And it, you know, it, it this whole game and I, I, Mitch couldn't make it today. He's at a wedding, but the two of us were talking, like there's nothing really to talk about this game. Other than they, they were they were bad. They were really, really bad on offense. And we're going to get to the defense in a second, which was also really, really bad. Now, if you've thought about security for your home with home security, but have been pulling it off, putting it off, you'll want to listen up. Right now, Locked On Boston College listeners can enter order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for fifty percent off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you won't want to miss it. Here's why I love it. They have 24-7 professional monitoring agents using Fast Protect technology exclusively from SimpliSafe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real. So you can prioritize, they can prioritize police response. SimpliSafe is a home, whole home security with advanced sensors for every room. And with 24-7 professional monitoring service costs less than a dollar a day, less than half the price of ADT. With the top-rated Simply Safe app, stay in complete control of your system anytime, anywhere. Arm or disarm, unlock for a guest, access your cameras, or adjust system settings. This is huge stuff for the holidays. You need to check this out. So don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com/boston-locked-on-college. Uh, that is simplysafe.com/locked-on-college. There is no safe like Simply Safe. Locked on Boston College, AJ Black here. If you've not done so already, if you're listening to us and you, and you like, you want to support this podcast, the best thing that you can do is go over to youtube.com, look up Locked on BC, and hit that subscribe button. If you're doing it, if you're already on, if you're already on our YouTube page and you're listening to this live right now, hit the subscribe button. You'll be getting lots of BC. Um, videos and previews all sorts of good stuff put up to our YouTube page. And there's a great community of BC uh, followers and community members that you'll want to connect with as well. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. So I'm in a mood today. I'm going to tell you right now, just one of those weekends where it's just, it's, it's tough to, to write about this team. It's tough to, to just to continue covering it because I know you guys are done with it. And it just feels like you just want this season to end. Yes, last week was great, but then when you when you sandwich it with this with this turd, it, it it really puts a bad taste in your mouth, right? So we looked at the offense in the first segment. Now let's look at the defense, who needs to. They also need to be held accountable because they were beaten up badly too. Now last week. When I did my preview with Mitch, I admit one piece that we didn't really bring up a lot about was the run defense. And the fact that Notre Dame had been running wild over everyone that they played against. I I had said all along that I thought BC would be able to keep this within the 20 points for the spread. However, I did couch it by saying that if a big amount of the team was sick, I put it up to like 31 to 10 or 35 to 10, I think it was, or something like that. So it wasn't that far off. The defense, watching them play, the past, the past defense, they were 
they, I mean, they didn't have to do a lot. Drew Pine only threw for about 150 yards. Michael Mayer didn't have any uh, insane plays because he didn't have to. Because Notre Dame ran for 7.4 yards per carry on on their uh, way to 280 yards, and I think it was four rushing touchdowns. And every time that they ran the ball, whether it was the, with a stemmy or the other guys on the on their roster, or the other running backs. It felt like they were going to run six plus yards and they did over and over and over again. Notre Dame has an amazing offensive line. And as Jeff Halfley said after the game, probably the best one that they've played all year. Jarrett Patterson, their, their safety should be the winner of the, of the Remington award this year. He has not allowed a sack since being at Notre Dame. Can you imagine that? Like, look at BC's offensive line. You've got guys on there that have given up what six, seven sacks this year. This guy has not given up a single sack his entire career at Notre Dame. They they owned the line of scrimmage. And BC didn't do themselves any favors when they got their hands on these wide, these running backs who were who were bigger, who were more physical, who were who were faster. Because they, they, I think it was, uh, they had it was 11 missed tackles. They had a ton of missed tackles in this game. They had guys with multiple missed tackles. I know Cole Batson had a tough game. Um, Jaden Woodby had a tough game. They were, they were just beaten up. And when you do that, when you getting beaten in the trenches, and on top of that, you are missing tackles, you're going to lose. So Notre Dame, they scored at will in this game. They were up 37-0, as I said, at halftime. And the only reason that this game didn't turn into their biggest loss, which was 55-7 in 1992, the year before the David Gordon kick, the only reason this got didn't get worse than that was the snow. Because at halftime, the, the uh, idyllic uh, Notre Dame stadium turned into a winter wonderland of snow. And it was funny to watch on TV because NBC didn't seem to have an idea that it was coming. And their recording was almost, you couldn't see what was going on. You could see colors on the screen, but you couldn't see the plays. You couldn't see what happened. It was a mess. They eventually figured it out, got it fixed. But after halftime, there was seven points scored. And just like every one of us that was watching this game, it feel like both, felt like both teams just wanted to get off the field. They just wanted to end this game. And so they just ran and punted and kicked and punted and punted and punted. And then, you know, turnovers and all sorts of, of things like that. Um, you know, I, I think when you're looking at this, when you're looking at, at, at the second half, it was just like the it was it was it was a non-factor. It's not even worth talking about the second half because there was nothing to talk about. There was no points scored. There were seven points scored. That was it. There was a couple couple uh, turnovers. It it was just a waste of time. And it's it's at those points where I'm just like, just end the game so Emmett Moorhead doesn't get hurt. End the game so we don't have any injuries. But it was depressing. This was a depressing football game to watch because all as I said. All the goodwill that BC earned with that hard-fought win against NC State just went away. There was nothing to. There was nothing there for the, for BC fans to glom onto. 
as I said with the offense, if you were to ask me, you know, what was a positive? I, 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 for, for Eagle insider, I usually go up and down the offense and the defense and give you my observations. There was really nothing to write about. They were just both so bad. They were so inept in this game that there was nothing I could say that didn't seem like, okay, well, how did the second, the linebackers play? They were bad. How did the offensive line play? They were bad. How did the quarterback play? He was bad. How was the wide receivers? They were invisible. Like I, it, it was one of those games. It just was like, just end this, end this nightmare now. And, and let's move on. Now we're recording this live. It's about 11 o'clock on a Sunday night. I just finished watching the Tarleton BC game. And before we get into the basketball, Je- Jeff shell, who's listening has a question. Jeff Halfley said multiple times that this was the biggest O-line he's faced. How can he justify his own preference for a smaller, faster, and athletic D if that's what's going to happen against a real offensive line? It's a great question. I mean, when you're when you're looking at some of the things that Halfley's saying, you, you're, you have every right to, to start to wonder if the choices he's making are the right ones for BC. And if you're starting to doubt it, again... Like you, ha- it's, it's fair. It's fair game. Um, and I, I wonder too, I wonder if not having a big physical, like some of these big physical defensive linemen are going to, if you're going to, if that's going to hurt you when you play a team like Notre Dame, but we'll have to wait and see, but thank you for your question, Jeff. Now, because this is an episode that is filled with negativity and a lot of doom and gloom, we're going to continue down that road in a moment. When we talk about basketball, who had a mind-blowing loss on Sunday night against Tarleton State, a school I had never even heard of before Sunday. Now, our partners at Nissan have been working with us to create a new segment across Locked On College Network titled Thrilling Moments. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower drivers in vehicles as capable as the drivers themselves. When I think of unbelievable abilities on the field for this week's thrilling moment, it has to be Tyler Murphy against USC. In a game, BC was uh, underdog to lose by multiple touchdowns. Tyler Murphy had a game of his lifetime, scoring on a 60-plus yard touchdown run in the closing seconds to to secure a win. It was a thrilling victory for BC and a moment that Boston College fans will never forget. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. Available at NissanUSA.com. All right. This is Locked On BC. Now, this weekend, there was the multi-team tournament the BC schedule to play in the U S Virgin islands. And if you were listening on uh, ESPN three, you have that U S Virgin Island song stuck in your head because that freaking commercial was played approximately 45 times during a, during each game. So I probably heard it about 90 times over the last two days. Now BC, they started off the weekend on a positive note. As I said, they played well against George Mason. They, they jumped out to a huge 20-point lead. Their offense looked crisp. They did everything that they needed to do to beat a team that was a Ken Palm rating uh, 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 inside the hundreds. Uh, you know, the BC was an uh, uh, underdog in that game. It was it was not something that they were projected to do much with. And, and it was nice to see them go out there and win from wire to wire. And that's exactly what they did. Now, that being said, on Sunday... 
they played Tarleton State, who's in the WAC, which I found out. I had to do some research on this because I'm, I'm going to tell you, folks, I love basketball, but some of these teams, some of these newer teams, I don't know anything about these guys. I had to do some research. So Tarleton State is a school in Texas, and they are in the WAC, and they played and beat Belmont in the first game of this tournament, which was an upset because Belmont, Belmont's a traditional team that is a uh, mid-major that plays really well. And they go out there and they beat them. Now, I, I missed, and I should have put more weight on it, that Tarleton also played, their only other major game this year, was against Arizona State, and they only lost by a couple points. They were in control of that game. But I said, eh, you know what? It's Tarleton State. Who's Tarleton State? My 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 mistake there. This team was a defensive. They kept saying it over and over and over and over again on the on the uh, broadcast because they should have. But they kept using that term anaconda. Uh, they were just hyperactive on defense, and BC's offense had no clue what to do for that first half of that game. I think they scored eighteen points in the first half, um, and it, it it was nineteen points in the first half. BC had 20 plus turnovers in this game, 22. And it was a game just like the main game where everything just kind of went unglued. Makai Ashton Langford got in foul trouble early. And I think he fouled out. It was, it was a weird game to watch on the, on the TV because the announcers were still trying to figure things out. It was, it would look like it was being recorded in a high school gym because wherever they were playing in the Virgin islands, they announced a, a um, audience, uh, an attendance of 900 people, one of which was definitely Mr. Langford because they kept showing him. Um, but they seemed to not have any clue what was going on on, on the court. Uh, he, I think, fouled out. Um, and then DeMar Langford, who knows what happened to him? He had zero fouls. And around the time his brother goes out, he disappears. And he, as we saw against George Mason, DeMar's a big deal for this offense. Now all of a sudden BC's down four guys again and their offense, they look slow. Tarleton state just basically did whatever they wanted to them on offense. They BC couldn't get anything moving and BC started going to their bench and they were getting so deep in their bench. They had Quinn Pemberton playing Armani mighty, um, who, as I've said all along, is going to be a project and he's going to be a project, but I think if he can kind of put things together, he'll get better. But I mean, he was three for nine from free throw range, but he was getting to the get, he was being aggressive. That That's positive. Um, but it was another, like Tarleton state, Tarleton state looked like the better team. You know, they're coached by Billy Gillespie. Who's, you know, a former big time coach. I think it was at Kentucky and, you know, It, it was you're back to what is going on with this team. Now they were, again, they were out without DeMar Langford. They were mostly without Makai Ashton Langford. They were running on an ugly starting five for most of the second half. And it was like CJ Penna, uh, Devin McLaughlin, TJ Bickerstaff, uh, Jaden Zachary, who was like completely invisible in this game and Mason Madsen. Now that's not what you want for your starting five. This team desperately needs to get healthy. 
you need to get Quinton Post back. And I, I, I've only seen him for one game, but I'm telling you, I think I think Prince Oligby needs to come back soon too, because they they just they look flat. They like it, it's the second time in three games this team looks completely flat. So we're gonna have to wait and see. Uh, is this gonna be a trend? And how can this team get healthy? Because they need to get they need the depth back. They like this was bad. There was a lot with this game that was bad, but. I love to see them get you know, their seven foot center back. I love to see them get their young gun at the wing back. Um, it, those would be nice to see, but is that an excuse to losing the Tarleton? No, it's absolutely not an excuse. They're a good team. They look good and you got to tip your cap and move on. Now. I believe the next game is against Wyoming. Again, I'll, I'll have to do some research because I don't know anything about Wyoming. I know they lost to Drake in the semifinals and then BC will head home after that. But this is just another weekend of bad BC sports. Um, you know, I, I there's nothing you, you just, every time that you hope things are going to get better, it feels like it doesn't, but you will have to wait and see. Um, <laughs> I was told on Facebook by a listener um, and I won't say their name, AJ black from locked on BC. This was on my, my Eagle insider Facebook page. Please stop being so negative and overreacting to everything about men's basketball team. You're not helping. I mean, I, my my question I'm going to ask you is, what am I supposed to do? Like, am I supposed to say, "Oh shucks, they lost. They tried real hard." I mean, they 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 were down by you know twelve plus points for the entire game. This this is my job. This is what I do. Like, I'm not here to to to, to carry the water for BC sports. I'm here to objectively tell you what I think and. Yeah, I had a bit of a fan base to it too, but like, here I am. I'm telling you, this game was bad. I'm worried about the future of this program right now. Until they get healthy and show me something different, that's where I'm at. All right, on tomorrow's show, we'll get into some more about this this football thing. Maybe we'll I'll, I'll try to get Mitch on. I'll see if I get Mitch on to talk about it, and we'll we'll talk even more about some things that are going on as we we're into the final week of the football season. I think so many of you are saying hallelujah to that. This is AJ Black. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you again soon. Take care.